0: and wait and baby i'm tfc till i die
1: hello and welcome back to another toronto till i die the toronto fc fan show i'm mike newell and look it's another week It's another 90th minute loss for your Reds uh, away in Chicago. Uh, But there's more news than just losses. Transfer window is open and the deals are starting to trickle in and the rumors are starting to trickle in. And in this week's show, we're definitely going to be talking about those transfer rumors and opening up the Michael Singh notebook. Messi cometh. He is now here in Major League Soccer and Jeff has some things to say about it. (laughs) <laughs> um, I talk a little bit about away travel and what that's like for TFC fans, especially when the team is not great. And of course, we get to your comments in this week's burning question presented by Next Nextdoor. Uh, before we jump into the show, this is a last reminder. Uh, we have moved to a new YouTube channel. Obviously, if you're watching us live, you've already found it. But tell your friends, tell anybody else. Um, come and find us at YouTube.com slash at T T I D podcast hit the bell for the notification. So you don't miss uh, any of the live broadcasts of the show. Lots to dig into this week. With my co-host Michael Singh and Jeffrey P. Nesker, gents, how are you doing? Um, we'll get into a little food corner because obviously I did go to Chicago. We better, like you were dropping the recommendations to which I did none of them. I apologize. You did none, none of them. <laughs> I did absolutely none of them. It was not. It was not a culinary weekend, my friend. Let me tell you, away trips. I <laughs> will get to it later. Not a culinary weekend. Um, but yeah, gentlemen. Before I get into that, gentlemen, how were
2: your how were your weekends? Jessica mine's a blur. It always it's a mm, blur. I, wedding season. I I, I yeah. had open bar. I was up in Whitby. Congratulations, Brett and Ally. Uh, and uh, and uh, my Allie. Sunday was was uh, recovering from that, uh, and it was quite a recovering. I don't know if I'm human yet. Um, got a lot of flack for my op-ed piece where I said I'm not ever watching that game. The highlights are enough. And they're like, well, you know, why why talk about the game yet? I didn't really talk about the game. I mean, let's be honest; I haven't really talked about the game beyond what I'd like to see changing in like the last four columns. So I think I'm, I'm uniquely qualified to uh, to discuss the game, even though I've never seen it.
0: Oh, yeah. you've seen it. Oh, we we've yeah, seen exactly. That. I've seen we, it. yeah, that I've game. It. It. We've all seen we've that. Seen it. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, that was my Saturday night uh, covering some Toronto FC and some other teams for MLS. I uh, went to the Jays game on Saturday. So the Jays, by the way, Jays are Let's on go, fire. Newell. Baby. Yeah, man. Jays are on fire. Big series. The Padres coming up too. I mean, if you want a team in Toronto, that's contending right now and in a playoff spot, the Jays are your
2: team right now. They're still in the summer. TFC had a chance, yep. but this message brought to you by Mike Newell's job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This, uh,
1: yeah, the weekend was good. Obviously went to Chicago, uh, I spent my Saturday night um, being thoroughly depressed, um, but I uh, still met some great some great people. Uh, shout out to the away traveling support um, from Block 114, from Kings, from U Sector, from Red Patch and made it down. Um, obviously, uh, great to connect with those people and some great people in Chicago as well um that support the fire that were actually quite kind to us. Um so that was uh, that was fun. Um did also get to Wrigley Field uh, to watch the Cubs first time I've ever. I've been around Wrigley Field before, but I've never actually been in. So Friday night so I nice. got to see the Cubs hoping that they were going to do us a favor against the Red Sox did not got absolutely demolished. What's,
0: but what's the Wrigley Field of
1: MLS?
2: Ooh. RFK okay. was I think. Now, yeah i guess nowadays. that or like
1: historic crew stadium um i guess right yeah, now maybe. the wrigley the wrigley field of mls like right now i guess bemo be like
2: <laughs> has it gone nah. that
1: far is it bemo now yeah nah. i would actually probably say it's providence park like in terms of it's the the the, the, the sort of look of it because it was an old baseball stadium right it used to have a triple a team yeah there.
2: i would i would say you're reaching it, but park i've been is, there and i've been Portland. to both and i yeah i can i can yeah. tell you it does have a bit of wrigley vibes a little bit, but there's a lot of new there now, so it's yeah. kind of got its own weird Frankenstein vibes, right? Like, I mean, Rigby the oldest stadium, pers- right? Yeah, now,
1: yeah, the oldest stadium in the league right now most likely would be um Soldier Field. Ooh, the, a lot of them are all new, uh, probably between yeah. maybe Toyota Park in Dallas and maybe Dick Sporting Goods in uh um, Dick Sporting Colorado. Goods, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah or Rio Tinto now, like it's the... Sorry. Subaru in Philly? Is that Please. old or new? Uh twenty ten. Yeah. Uh, not that yeah. old. Yeah. No, I, I mean, like right now, MLS doesn't really have one, um, because a lot of those stadiums have changed. I mean, you could say it's Yankee Stadium for NYCFC, yeah. <laughs> uh, but even that's still relatively new. Um, because, because it's a new Yankee Stadium. But yes, anyway, um stadium. yeah, it was a great yeah.
2: time. Um, did not do deep dish. Uh and yet you claim to hate you you voraciously. Talked about how much you hated it because I've done it in spot. the past. Oh, I okay, really, okay. I thought yeah. you were like, all right, all right. All right. No, 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 I've
1: done it in the what past, it's terrible. Um, no, just uh, a lot of wings, a lot of like Chicago staples, um, hot dogs, uh, stuff like that. Like, again, an away weekend is not a culinary experience, you're not there to uh sample the finest of food goods of a city. Uh, aside, I will say. Um, after the game though, uh, we went to a bar afterwards, um, down in the loop. Uh, I walked back to my hotel room and got slightly lost on the way, but it was great because I ran into like a little block sort of mini party that had a really great taco truck. I um, got some really great Al Pastor tacos, um, proper authentic Mexican tacos. Cause like, if you know Chicago, well, it is basically a Mexican city, um, yeah, yeah, which yeah, is awesome. So yeah, no, that was, that was my food sort of corner. I just got some really, really great tacos. Um, and then yep. yep. of my depressed. Yep. Yep. I
0: finally,
1: I finally convinced You were convinced like sending me show. to like, you were sending mm-hmm. me to like some really nice, like, don't get me wrong. Next time I go, if it's going to be like a sort of uh, a social visit. Sure, but like if you're just there to drink beers and essentially you know go watch sports, that's not the vibe, man. That wasn't
2: the vibe. I don't believe you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't believe you you either. I think (laughs) you had deep dish pizza. You just don't want to talk about it. No, uh, you know not. not. Speaking of pizza, my Alicia does not like pizza, so she let me order pizza for myself yesterday. And when you order pizza for one, I ended up with like a large pizza and chicken wings from Domino's, and I felt like the worst gluttonous person all day long and then she rubbed it in my face because when it was time for her to order dinner she's like maybe i'll order those bulgogi tacos that we like so much and i'm like but wait i got this pizza so she basically ensured that that i don't have to, i'm not going to fight about ordering pizza for the next six she months suckered you yeah. in she suckered yeah in. she absolutely suckered me, 100%.
1: <laughs> all right mm-hmm. jeffy you've got some takes here on before we get into tfc obviously mm. luckily, i don't think we can ignore the fact that Lionel Messi is now in MLS. I mean, he was already, but now it's like official, official. And He plays this weekend um, or this week. I think they have a friendly in a couple of days. Um, so that would be his first official turnout for Inter Miami. You got some thoughts on the whole spectacle that was yesterday in his mm. unveiling at Drive Pink Stadium. So
2: I'm turning the mic over to you. It's funny because I said we should talk about it and then you just like gave me clearance to rant. And I'm I'm more than willing to do it. Go for it, because I um, I don't have that many Here's a question. Here's rounds. a question, my boys. How many people do you think tuned into that uh that, that whatever the hell that was last night?
0: I know the number. Or at least mm-hmm. the reported number. The
2: number that's been bandied around. I don't I don't yeah. think it's official, but according to Apple TV, how many how many people do you think tuned into it?
0: Three point five
2: was it billion? It was billion.
0: It was, it was billion.
2: billion. The, the quoted attendance for that was 3.5 billion people, which is just around half of the global population. Um, yeah, I call BS on that. But regardless, regardless. <laughs> I mean, you know, if this was the culmination of what Apple TV wanted, and some people would claim that it is, the That show last night was an absolute disaster. I mean, I'm not even talking about the rain. You can account for rain. Why there was no accounting for rain is kind of ridiculous. I mean, there are such things as tarps that you can set up. There are tents. I know they wanted to get their wonderful little spider cam droney shots. But you can do that and still have a dry area for, for stuff to take place in. I mean, I can't remember who it was, but the rain falling on that mic was cutting out the audio. But that really didn't matter because there was a hot mic pervasively through the whole damn show you could hear the producers talking amongst themselves and i was sitting there waiting like a soap opera for somebody to drop (laughs) f-bombs or somebody to say something they can't take back because quite honestly they deserve it if they're not like like friend of the show martin bailey you know we know a lot of people who work in that regard like did they have siri running the desk because how the hell is a hot mic not turned off in two seconds if any, like this was supposed to be their coming out party in, in a certain regard. And, and trust me, they're doing it again this morning. I think they did with it with a training session. This is their opportunity to, you know, showcase their product throughout the world. And it was so Mickey Mouse. It was unbelievable. Like it was more Mickey Mouse than the three hundred and sixty show and the constant amount of hand waving and, and smoke blowing, like guys, you know, I think Garber in his interview was like, Credit to you guys. You know, I remember on a Thursday we were talking with Apple and on a Friday we were planning our shows. I don't really want to know how the sausage is made. I don't think that that's a very good flex. Like, it was, it was, it was bad. It was really, really bad. You know what's funny
0: about that, Jeff? Mm. It literally doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You you could roll out Messi and I don't care which way that you roll him out. 3.5 billion people are going to watch it, yeah. It'll be a win for Major League Soccer. But, yeah, it was – it was obviously, you know, with the pouring rain, I'm sure it made things a lot more difficult than Mm -hmm. they had planned. And, yeah, this really was Apple TV's first live kind of spectacle. Obviously, they do live match coverage. They do the 360 show. They do the post-game show. And, you know, that is getting better and better. But this was their first actual, like, live on set with – you know an experience they haven't really done so far yeah exactly mm-hmm. exactly so i think we all got some insight into just some of the challenges behind the scenes but mm-hmm. i think overall like my takeaways was that it was it was really cool to see kind of what miami is sort of starting to become and we know that miami has been they themselves have promised to be this next level kind of team this team that sets the bar in major league soccer and this team that does i hope they don't for... set the bar in av text because that <laughs> bar is pretty damn low <laughs> well yeah but they mm-hmm. they reach for the stars i guess when it comes to you know some of their signings and, you know they tried to go big before but we've never seen a team go big on on this level and obviously messi is going to be great here Obviously, Sergio Busquets is going to be joining him. Reportedly, Jordi Alba will be on his way, too, to Miami. They're also (laughs) going to be utilizing, uh, you know, you're you're hearing a lot of U22 players coming in, too, just to add and compliment uh, the guys that they're bringing in there. So, me personally, I'm excited. I I, I guess I would love to hear your takes on whether or not you think this will be a success or if you think it'll flop what are your early predictions before he gets started here because Messi's gonna be making his debut apparently later this week against Cruz Azul in the
1: in the Leagues Cup what do we think here is Miami is Miami gonna actually be able to do this okay so that's that's like two different questions to me right because one is how are they going to be on the pitch and the other the question is how are they going how is it going to be for the league business-wise yeah. So on the business wise, they're going to be fine, right? This is yeah. This it's is already good. done. They've already, already the it's yeah, yeah. The business wise, yeah. great. Like it's it's going to do what the league wanted to do from a business perspective. So let's put that aside.
0: And then, if I could quickly just interject yeah, yeah. there, just Don Garber apparently was saying, I think in an article <laughs> oh, the Athletic that yeah. there's now going to be more clarity with the salary cap, and that they're trying to make it easier for casual fans to you know get into major league soccer and maybe play a little bit of armchair gm in, in essence and stuff, yeah. a lot of transparency which is something that we've been kind of pushing for and we've been asking for for a long time a lot of people have so mm-hmm. for him to actually come out and acknowledge that
1: maybe a step in the right direction business wise i can't wait for you know the time i'm i'm going to be you know in sort of october november time watching la liga or watching city a or watching the eredivisie and they talk about Messi scoring a great goal for Minter Miami. And the announcer starts talking about Tam. It's gonna be great. Yeah. Um, yeah. no, like look, I, I I don't know how this is gonna work football-wise. I mean, look, Messi's gonna be fine, right? Like, as a football, he's gonna be fine. Um, how the team does, I don't know because let's be honest, we haven't seen a signing of this magnitude in the league before, so we don't really know how. This all will work from a budget perspective. How does that, how do you strengthen the team around him? Like Busquets is fine. I, 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 will again, I think he'll be fine in MLS though. I think he might, you know, like in terms of playing passes and things like that, of course, he's going to be fantastic. I mean, again, we've talked about this with Lorenzo Insigne and the DPs at Toronto FC skill wise, not at the same level, but pace and physicality right up there. So how does he handle that? Same question with Jordi Alba. Uh, You know, and then building the team around those guys, you know, do they run into the same challenges that TFC have done? Do they mismanage their cap? Like they've got some pretty expensive players on the roster right now that they're going to have to figure out what to do with. Like they still need Mm -hmm. to figure out what to do with Rodolfo Pizarro. Oh, they bought him out. Oh, they that's official now. Yeah, it's, it's yeah he's okay. done. He's done. All right, so yeah. then, yeah, so then they've got, they, but they still have other players. Like, what do you do with Leo Campania? Like, do you keep them? Mm-hmm. You know that. You what? What do you do with some of these other players that you've got um, that that can eat into your cap? And it's a lot of the same questions TFC have tried to answer, and TFC have not done successfully. So I'm interested to see how Inter Miami deals with that, and also I'm interested to see how. Messi takes to his teammates because arguably this will be the worst crop of players he's probably ever played with in his life. Right. And, and that's, and Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that as a diss to MLS players, it's just, it's just a fact, right? Like he has never, maybe since maybe he was like 11. uh, But other than that, like he has never played with players that are just not going to be able to do a lot of the things and read the game the way that he can. Not many players in the world can obviously, but, you know, from a per- proficiency perspective, you know, he's usually used to guys who can sort of figure this stuff out. He's not going to have a ton of that. You know, Bryce Duke, all due respect, like that's not exactly Luis Suarez. So, uh, you know, I- I'm interested to see how that works. I don't really know how this will go. I, again, it's kind of like how TFC was when they signed Insignia. Either this is going to be a great success and they win cups and they're, they become that team that we think they might become. Or this ends up in an unmitigated disaster and he probably just sure. retires and correct it. me if
0: I'm wrong. Has a big signing mm-hmm. ever worked out in major, has that translated ever to team success? You know, when I say big sign I mean the David Beckham's, the Tyrion Reese, the Wayne Rooneys, the Bastion Schweinsteigers, the Shakiris, the Insignes, the Moral more Vidra, more, Frank more Lamborghini, yeah. Andrew Arpirlo, like C V G. Has has that mm-hmm. ever translated into team success that being said let me let me put that and make this clear Messi's a different caliber a different comes animal of course you, you saw what fish. he did just yeah. Six, yeah. Months, six months ago at the World Cup he was the best player in the world like no mm-hmm. one none of those players could come over and say they were anywhere close to that at the time that they came over so yeah you're right TFC could be a blueprint in a way for Miami and in terms of God dang it! Surround Lionel Messi with runners. Surround Lionel Messi with guys who are gonna work their butts off mm-hmm. and get him behind and and poach goals. We see Joseph Martinez starting to round back into form for that Miami side. Could he potentially feast off you know some of the service that Jordi Alba down the left and Lionel Messi either through the middle or, or down the right? Like, yeah, can we see it? I don't know. So. I guess well, uh, um, we'll see how it translates. I think people in the chat are saying David Beckham had some success here. Well, right? I would say yeah, that David yeah, Beckham um, had that
2: success after they Landon got Robbie Donovan Keane. Landon Donovan and Robbie Keane. Yeah, Robbie yeah, Keane the one that would I would say is is the big money signing that really, really, really made results. And, you know, 10 years from now, people could say, hey, Christian Bale won LA Gal- or LAFC in MLS Cup. And they're right. And that far removed from the season where Bale played what? Three Did minutes, you Christian, Christian Bale. Sorry, Gareth Bale. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. sorry. Uh, Gareth Batman Bale. Came in you, know, but, him, you know, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is Batman. But you know what I mean. Ten year, yeah. ten years removed, people will say, "Well, he won." You know, obviously Gareth Bale was a good signing. They got him on Tam and they won MLS Cup, which ignores how little minutes he saw before getting subbed on for that freaky deaky goal, uh etc. Let me set the table for you guys because. Inter Miami need to be on better pace than FC Cincinnati over the rest of their games to even make the playoffs. They need to be on two points a game at least. Right. So it's stacked against them. Uh, Here's the other one. I think TFC fans are probably the worst fan community in all of MLS to have to ask their takes on this big ticket signing because we're so bitter and we're so frustrated and our big ticket signing didn't work out. So naturally we're going to, we're going to bring the heat. Um, You know, I I, I love me, this.
0: Let, sorry, but mm. I just love this point quickly. Um, mm-hmm. I cannot pronounce your name. I'm not even gonna try. I no, <laughs> sincerely you. apologize. Yeah. I th- he says I or he or she. They say I think players will want to play for Messi versus some of these other DPs because they idolize him. I think that's such a such a great point too. Like inner Miami is automatically turned into the destination now i think in major league soccer i think everyone now is would be lining up to go to miami if they weren't already because miami obviously has the the weather they have the good culture down there in general there's zero state tax exactly in general they're just a popular destination for a lot of athletes but now you add leonel messi busquets and alba into the mix i think there's going to be guys that are going to be willing to take less money to go play alongside leonel messi which i think is such a good boost and i think something tfc were actually hoping for when they signed it insigne and bernadeschi that they would become kind of that team in mls but obviously they weren't able to capitalize on that but yeah sorry jeff keep going
2: no worries no worries i mean i agree with you but i also think what if they're assholes right like what if what if those three guys form a little clique in inner miami and no one can get in that can that 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 hero never meet your heroes guys like that hero worship goes both ways and if suddenly it's revealed that you know these guys don't let you in, and they don't—they don't want to play with you. Um, look, I'm going to put it this way. I read how many tweets from Americans today that were really impressed that Sergio Busquets knew how to speak English, which is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever read because, you know, English is lingua franca. Um, there's a lot of expectations meeting reality that are going to be happening right now, and Messi is going to be the linchpin and the lightning rod for all of it. We're going to find out how well technique measures against a twenty-one-year-old center back that just played for UCLA that has absolutely no qualms about going for your ankles. Do you know what I mean? We are going to find out when the when the immovable force meets meets the uh, whatever when the you know the whatever the the allegory is. We're going to find out, and Messi is going to be the linchpin for all of those realizations. Do you think some it's of them work? terrible? No, I don't. You I don't think, think he's it's going work. to be incredible. But I don't think it's going to work. And I, you know, there's takes that are saying, uh, you know, people aren't going to care about uh, about Inter Miami's performance. They're just going to go see Messi. Oh, they'll care. I don't necessarily buy that either because you know people that are out to belittle Messi. That is low hanging fruit. So if he's on a team that's underperforming and isn't making the playoffs, it's going to be bandied about by every tabloid ever by every agent looking to increase the the viability. Like, like I said, it's all going to come every little facet of how footballing works that we're unprepared for, you know, uh, my dad, my dad, my dad was talking to me because, you know, Messi was spotted in in a Publix that's near their condo in Miami and they went to a they went to the Messi family went to an Italian restaurant that my parents go to all the time you know and uh it it brought about something do you think Messi was prepared for the level of of media attention he's going to get did you think he saw this as a as a chance to escape you know, the scrutiny that he's under in Europe and he wasn't prepared for maybe the fact that that the United States would jump right in and follow. Like because he's getting police escorts now because people are running in front of his car in the middle of traffic to try and get a selfie. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't I think this calculation was a little bit undercooked on all sides. And we're going to see just how mm. I think the media coverage is less still. than yeah, what Oh, you, absolutely. Than but though, I think yeah. it's way more than he expected. No, I I think he's been in Miami
1: for a while. Like he's had the house there for a while. He's been followed before when he's gone to dinner in Miami, when he's gone to the grocery store in Miami, like this is not necessarily new for him there. Um, I think that's why he chose Miami. I think that's the only team he would have come to in MLS um, because he has that familiarity and his wife loves it and they already have a house there. So from that perspective, I don't think that surprised him. I think the thing that will surprise him is when you pull back the curtain on MLS and sort of what MLS is, I think that might surprise him a little bit. Um, And how he Mm -hmm. reacts to that, I'll be interested to see. I don't know. I don't know how he'll react to it. Maybe he'll be fine. And he'll be, as most people describe
2: him, as an amazing teammate who will come in and raise everybody's game. And play one-fifth of the time because now we're hearing – that, Oops, we forgot that he's not going to play on turf. So maybe the stadiums that don't have grass. Hey, how do you feel about investing a couple of tens of billions I mean, of that's dollars? That's another. That's just, another just, topic. Like, for like, that, but that, get into that, but that's another. But that's another yeah. thing that's coming up publicly that suggests this whole thing was built on like two people just going, "Let's do it," and then doing it. And now we're going to find out all the details that they missed. You know, which I think is another reason why TFC fandom is so triggered by this because once again, it feels. Like this Insigne move, you know, like transfer market, yep. Italian national team, yep. We've got Italians here. Let's go. And no other work was done on the contrary. You know, again, Messi I, is a level above. He's he's levels above. But I do think there's a lot that we're going to find out that wasn't really considered when this deal was put pen to paper.
0: I think Messi's, Messi and, and Miami is going to be fun. I think they're going to be mm-hmm. – I think they might. Let's see. If if they it can actually a fun play – no, if they can actually play, I, I think they can make a push, a late push at the Eastern Conference table. I, I do think that. Just you to really impact, think this
2: team can go two points a game.
0: I, I, yeah, if Messi, Busquets, and Alba are all on the pitch, yeah, and they get their U twenty two signings in as well, yeah,
1: absolutely, I do. Hmm. I do. Okay. That's I I, I, yeah. I find it hard. Maybe they, they. I definitely think they'll pick up wins for sure. I just don't know if it'll be enough. But we'll we'll see. We'll see. Um, all right, let's let's shift. Uh, we talked a little mm-hmm. bit about transfer windows and U22 initiative signings. Let's talk, let's talk about Toronto, um, a team that went out and swung big, uh, and has struck out. Let's just be real about this. They, they struck out, the bat went flying into the stands, uh, and it's a bad look. Um, we're gonna open the Michael Singh notebook here, talk a little bit about the transfer window, about the ins and the potential, well, the potential outs and the potential ins. Um, at toronto fc and let's start with the outs obviously there has been some speculation for the last couple of weeks about what will happen with the two italian dps bernardeschi and lorenzo insigne now the rumor mill seems to be heating up there's the smoke is turning into a small little blaze um we'll Mm -hmm. see um, but there are now rumors out there that both might be heading out the door this transfer window. Let's maybe start with Frederico Bernardeschi, because I think that seems to be the more reported uh, move. And that's starting to get a lot more traction, especially with a potential move to Syria. But Mike, wanted to just sort of start with you in terms of what you might be hearing. And then obviously, look, there's a lot of different sort of sources on this. Um, how we sort of sorting out what is real and what is kind of the uh, the regular transfer faff? Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, so obviously the reports are out there that Federico Bernardeschi is interested in a move away from Toronto FC, and I've spoken to a couple of parties that are close to Bernardeschi and Bernardeschi's camp, I guess let's call it, and they believe that Federico Bernardeschi would want a move away from Toronto FC. So. That part of the reporting is accurate now obviously the big caveat to that is is what really happens to his salary and mm-hmm. what teams are actually willing to absorb it's reported that he's making about six million i think this year according to yeah. mlspa but that's mm-hmm. before taxes and everything like that so you're looking at something about to 4 million dollars in salary that teams would have to be willing to absorb now i'm actually i've been told that bernardeski is actually willing to take a pay cut in order to facilitate a move so bernardeski i guess from his perspective he feels that he's been promised a lot of different things from toronto fc and they haven't lived up to their end of the bargain now we're a year into the contract, a year since he he made his move over as as a free agent from Juventus and signed with Toronto. And I think he feels that he should be treated in a way that's similar to uh, Lorenzo Insigne. And from a marketing standpoint, at least, that hasn't been the case from Toronto FC's side. Also from, obviously, a salary standpoint as well. And then he also feels that, you know, team-wise, the environment there in Toronto just isn't isn't what he expected whatsoever. I think he was sold on a bigger project here in Toronto, and it, they just haven't lived up to their end of the bargain. So I think both parties here, Toronto and Bernadeschi, would be happy to sort of find a solution. Obviously, we hear the reports that Bologna are the team that's most interested in the services. I'm told there's other teams as well in Syria that are kicking the tires on Bernadeschi. Um, we'll see exactly how this plays out. But like I said, I think both parties would like a move um
1: potentially by the end of this transfer window. I find that interesting. Obviously, look, I, I think we talked about this before, this idea that both players were sold on the idea of a bigger project that just hasn't come to fruition, whether that be real or not, whether that be... um whether that be completely in everybody's control in terms of those in the decision making process and then things happen at board level. Um, but look, I I think there's a there is also an argument here that yes, that is true, and 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 you can't necessarily blame a player for saying, Hey, you sold me something and I'm not getting the return on that. But also, you know, on the vice versa side, you keep saying. Maybe you didn't exactly perform to the level at which your contract sort of uh, outlays. Um, and I just in the end, I think this feels like a very messy divorce for both players, right? Like, I think I think it's needed at this point. Um, and obviously, I'll get into sort of what happened in Chicago. But... Uh, I, I, it just it just feels like this has to happen now. I think everybody needs to move on because it just doesn't feel like this is a kind of healthy relationship between players, agents, camps, and the and the club itself. Uh, Jeff, Messi obviously, divorce, we know I your it. opinion on it, but yeah, mm-hmm. like I just sort of get
2: your thoughts. Horseshit! It's absolute horseshit. I mean, who doesn't approach a deal by with rosy with rose colored glasses on? Who goes into a deal and says? This might not work out. To hold somebody accountable because it didn't is such weak sauce, man. If you have no accountability for yourself, it's always somebody else's fault. I'm so sick of this guy, man. Get the hell out of my club, honestly. Like, but yeah, for, I mean, I don't think it, I, I don't think that's. I don't
1: think that's an unreasonable thing. Like, I, I, I'm, I do believe that they were sold a project that just
2: didn't of, course into, of course they were. Of so, course they were. So I don't think it's unreasonable. But you have so to have like, some accountability. We are paying you $6 million sure, a I, year sure. to be part of this project. So to then turn around and say, I didn't get what I was promised to me. If you were producing, that's fine. But you're not producing. So nobody cares. Nobody cares that you're upset because we didn't get what we paid for. How about having some accountability for that? It can't all just be you're disappointed because I don't give a crap that you're disappointed. You disappointed well, me. Jeff, the, How the about team is that? also
0: obviously disappointed as well if they want to help facilitate this move. Right. Mm. So, I mean. Yeah, of course.
2: Yeah, it's enough already. Like, I'm and, sick and, of
1: hearing it. So, yeah, get them out. for sure. But I think, and I'll get to this when we talk about Mark Anthony K. but like, you know, we do forget that footballers are humans. Right. Like we, 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 we forget that, you know, if you went to a, to a, you know, you sign a contract wherever you decide to work, they promise you a whole bunch of stuff and then you don't get it or they, or it doesn't turn out the way. Yeah. You'll be a little bit upset now, of course. Yes, you are right. Jeff, right? Like accountability. Let's be real. Federico Bernardes has been terrible over the last, let's call it three months.
2: He's been terrible. I mean, um, if this forget about Bernadeski because people are saying this is all hearsay, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Have we not heard Berna complain repeatedly about this this bill of goods? And you know, this isn't good. The tactics aren't good. This isn't good. The tactics aren't good. I'm not pulling it out of the ether. I want personal accountability. You know, if this was your friend, forget about Berna. If this was your friend and they were saying, you know, they they were they were using this this constant victim narrative, eventually. You're gonna call BS. You're gonna say, where is your accountability? Where you it takes two to tango. It can't just be about how you've been progressively besmirched over and over and over again. That like, gets so old so fast. Yeah. You know, He's that's, that's my opinion.
1: It, like, I mean, look, it, of again course, you, no one... and people in the comments are right. Like, this is a rumor, it's not mm-hmm. done deal, obviously. But there's enough smoke there. Like, there definitely yeah. there's definitely enough smoke. There's a lot of smoke. There's a lot of smoke. <laughs> yeah, right. Like See, to yeah. the point where it's like it, it you know, if he's willing to eat, then the rumor is he's willing to take as little as like one pack. and a half million euro and TFC may have to supplement part of the the contract and oh, they're I willing know. to do it. I doubt that's gonna happen. But sure, but see. that has been reported. Um mm-hmm. then you know you, you could just tell this relationship is not on either side, very healthy right now. So that's Federico Bernardeski. Do, right do you
2: think he's played his last game for TFC? Do you yes, think we'll ever see do. him suit up again?
1: I do, I do as well. I, I don't think we see him again. Um, It, it, it possibly, look, maybe he does sit on the bench for a game. Maybe he plays one more game. I just, I don't, it doesn't feel like now, of course he's been suspended the last two games. So that is, that is out of his hands, obviously. Um, though I do think the, the card he took was mm-hmm. quite intentional, yeah. but yeah. Um, you know that that that's out of his hands. We'll see. You know the Leagues Cup's coming up. Is there a lot of motivation for him to play NYCFC on a Wednesday in New York and in a cup tournament that he probably doesn't care about? You know uh, that that's the that's the vibe I get. Uh, but w- we'll obviously see. Um, There are now also rumblings about Lorenzo Insigne potentially heading out the door. These are less. I would say substantiated, but they are out there. Um, Mike, I don't know what specifically you've heard. I've heard some things in terms of, you know, uh, the kingdom of sod coming in uh, potentially, but uh, wanted to get your thought. (laughs) Yeah. I I think Lorenzo Insigne is a bit
0: tougher. I think uh, his contract and the agreements that he has, not only with Toronto FC, but also other, um, sponsors and other parts of his contract here in Toronto means he has deeper ties to Toronto He'd ob- mm. he's obviously on a much more significant number than Bernadeschi is and in order for him to actually facilitate a move he would have to take probably a giant pay cut unless as, as you point out I Saudi comes in and they just offer him you know another lucrative contract maybe that's something that he thinks seriously about but I would call those way less advanced than Anything that Federico Bernardeschi is kind of dealing with? What's up, Jeff?
2: Well, can you speak on why you switched agents then? Because that's a huge red flag, right? If, you know. Um,
0: yeah, with, without getting into too much. What, else, what I will say is that the agency that he signed with is a really well-known agency in MLS. Yeah. Um, also a really well-known agency worldwide now he he didn't sign with the north american office he actually signed with an office in netherlands which again isn't really uncommon uh for the agency so i think a lot of it might just be um this agency is more familiar with this market in terms of getting the best out of uh you know maybe some sponsorships and whatnot but also okay. maybe there is some some smoke there as well but i, mm-hmm. I like i said i wouldn't say anything is nearly advanced but one one thing i will add about uh lorenzo insigne and kind of his situation here at toronto i mean i think it's kind of mysterious that he's missed now the last three matches despite being pretty consistent in training is is our understanding and you know speaking to terry yeah before the match uh, we spoke to him on Thursday and he was pretty confident about Insigne suiting up and all of a sudden he's not there in the squad whatsoever. So I think there are some rumblings around the club once again that in a way question his injury, his commitment, let's call it. Yeah, um, yeah I've heard this and his, desi- his desire to actually be on the field. Um you know, when he is on the field lately, at least I, I think it's worth mentioning that it does seem like he wants to be there. And he is, like I said, when he's on the field, it looks like he's giving his all, but mm-hmm. when he's, you know, he's missed now. What? 10 games, 12 games, maybe this season. And yeah, you, you can can't afford to be missing a player like that. So yeah. it, it's just really important that they do get him back. If that's the route that they're heading. Yeah.
2: When, do they start getting fined and what can the team levy those fined. for not for not showing up well like, I mean if what, he, how does I don't, but, like yeah, I don't think it's like that I don't
1: think it's like that like if they if he can legitimately show he's injured then how are you finding him
2: no I I understand but if it accelerates to a point where it starts to get a lot less legitimate does TFC levy those fines does disco levy those fines what does MLS levy those fines they, it's not gonna get there I don't even think it's worth okay. talking about Okay. Excellent. I was just curious.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, look, I, I, like you said, Mike, I think it's harder to move Lorenzo Insigne. um, And again, unless, like I said, the Saudi pro league or our club in, in, in Saudi essentially match the salary or get somewhere close. The also other, the also other part part of that or part of that is again, lifestyle, right? Like, is, is that the lifestyle he'll want, Um, you know, and, and, you know, is his family going to be okay with that? Right. That was the big thing around Victor Vasquez when he left, um, you know, and, in in and, and that's sort of the, that's sort of the small little things that we don't talk about in terms of sort of that human aspect of things. Um, mm-hmm. It is concerning though, right? Like that, that this is now game three in a row where, you know, okay. Um, he did pull up with, I, I think something in the calf, uh, I believe. Um, but again, I I think we're all three of us hearing the same thing. Like if he, if, if he wanted to play, he could play, um, and he isn't so, you know, that like, I don't want to insinuate, I just, I'm just saying don't look good. It doesn't look good when you're the, when you're the big guy, when you're the guy that this is built around, um, and you're not playing, it doesn't look good. Let's put it that way. Then um, you know uh, Taylor Twelman. Funny enough, had some interesting comments and in, uh, over the week in terms of um, TFC probably being the biggest story in the league in terms of just how how negative things have become at the club and sort of the downfall of it um, in a lot of ways and, and a lot of people around the league looking at TFC and and sort of. Mm-hmm a little bit bewildered about how it's all falling apart, but at the same time, you know, um, you know, clap their hands with glee a little bit. Uh And, and that's, uh that's an, it's an interesting place. This club is in right now uh in terms mm-hmm. of what they do next. In and that's terms why I was
2: asking play. about discipline because, you know, it seems like, you know, if there are moving parts going on in the organization, right? And they're keeping mum on the fact that basically Lorenzo is revolting, right? People like... We don't know if he's revolting yet. We don't, we don't. But it's starting to manifest in rumors, right? People aren't saying it expressly, but it is now starting to be bandied around in not so unsettled terms. I've also been told expressly, but I'm talking about on Maine, right? Mm. On Maine, you know, so eventually... You know, TFC is the laughing stock right now. Let's not mince words, right? Like how much more do they how much more punchline do they want to be? At a certain point, that's fine. The team doesn't want to own up to inside baseball kind of stuff going on. But they have to take some kind of a public stance here other than just sitting on their hands. I don't think it's they not can doing though. their reputation any, any good either. Right. I don't think they like, can, though, I, Jeff,
1: right. Cause like I, any mm-hmm. value you have out of him in terms of, okay, if you do have, you right. on from them, you go out public with that kind of stuff. It hurts. and You taught your own deal. You're, you're,
2: one hundred percent. But right.
1: that's the position they're in right now, mm-hmm. right? Like this, what this a sh- is the, what a terrible position. But the, but mm-hmm. this is the thing about the swinging big that we've talked about before, right? Yeah. Like if, if you swing big, it, you could again. It's an MLS Cup. Maybe you're you're competing for a continental championship. If it doesn't work. It, you know the 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 risk around it is so big, Um and it, and it has it, look the the, cow, the house of cards come apart. Mm-hmm. Right. right. And I think, I think it's kind of shown um in the way that the the rest of the roster is built out. Um, but let's talk a little bit about potential incomings. I know this sort of this rumor is floating out there now. This has been within the last couple of hours. Um, you know, a young player coming in. Uh Cassius Meluda, I apologize if I'm uh, if I'm not pronouncing his name correctly. Best I'm, striker like, you know, ever that, that plays winger. Best yeah, striker ever. Um, Out of the south african league uh sundowns they are the south african champions there is a rumor that he is it's a strong rumor out of south uh, south africa now um it's being reported that tfc and the club um are working on a potential transfer in uh he would be technically a u22 initiative player um again i'm not going to pretend that i've watched a lot of the south african uh, premiership i don't know a lot about him other than the fact that he's a rising talent in South Africa. Um, Mike, again, I don't know if you've heard anything in this regard, but um, this seems to be something that uh, that sort of uh, come down in the last couple of hours.
0: Yeah, so one of the things I spoke about last week, if if you listen back or if you guys have listened to it, was that Toronto FC are going to be targeting more under-22 initiative signings. So this is likely the name that's the most far advanced but what i will add is there are definitely some other um names out there that toronto fc are circling that are around a similar type of profile so it seems clear that tfc want a under 22 initiative winger um i don't think we can really call him a striker i think we'll call him more of a a winger um and i think it's the type of can you say that louder for the people at the back
2: please (laughs)
0: Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe he played some strikers, so maybe there's a way that you could fit him into like a four four two as a striker. But I think for, I think it's it's more so a winger. But I think the type of profile that TFC are after, listen, we've talked about it. This this team's really slow, yeah. So they they really want to inject some more pace into the squad and people who you know we have have a lot of guys who can play in between lines right now they need guys who can run through lines and you're watching the game on saturday and i'm thinking to myself who's really going to make who's really going to make runs in behind who's really going to be the guy who's you know when jonathan osorio picks the ball in the number 10 position looks at what's in front of him what's going to be the difference maker there who is he going to find with the through ball there was no- weren't there weren't too many options, right? Yeah. I think DeAndre Kerr had some moments in the first half, but obviously he's his limits have been more limited. So that's the type of player I think they they wanna, they want to they want to go after a guy who can be direct, a guy who can, like I said, just pace and just covers a lot of ground that can really get on the shoulders of defenders and and challenge them and and maybe spread the line a little bit, create more movement, create more space and. I think he primarily plays on the right side. Uh, another player I've heard also TFC targeting plays on the right side. So I think that also ties into what we were saying earlier about, uh, about Federico Bertadeschi. And one, one thing I will add too, the other player that I heard is from a really obscure market as well. So I think that's a really interesting tidbit too, where TFC are no, are expanding maybe some of the regions that they've been targeting players and scouting players and are going for more guys who, may not be as as
1: high profile maybe as before yeah and, and this is sort of the stuff i've been screaming out for right yeah mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of people have been screaming out for that they need to expand sort of the way that they look at uh developing and signing players go ahead jeff
2: well can we i mean i'm all for spinning this positively but can we at least allow for the fact that a these are probably the only players that will come to tfc at this point as the chat is 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 carefully saying and and two did I start with a whatever one and two or A and B whichever one I did? Um, uh, we don't have the money for the European guys. We have the money for the U twenty two guys. Realistically, so I, I just think it's important for me to interject there because I love blowing smoke up asses, but like to to qualify this as like a coup of the scouting department and to ignore the fact that like maybe this is all we can do. I, I I think is a little unfair. I don't
1: know so. if necessarily anybody's saying that this is a coup or anything like that. I think it's more the the idea that, you know, the club needs to, or acknowledgement that the club does need to look in other markets and other ways to develop the squad. And look, they probably could, I mean, you know, okay, fine, the cap is what it is, but I, I think if they wanted to go out, they probably could maybe convince the board to, to maybe – extend a little bit more money if they wanted to go down that route in terms of a quote-unquote dp number nine now of course they well, can't do that at the moment but mm-hmm. this is the, the way you're going to have to start to build an actual core of players before you start you know going out you build
2: you know build the cart first you know and then get the horse mm-hmm.
1: um from well there. and we're
2: also ignoring that if we get rid of even one of our uh our fancy smancy dps we've got a lot more money on the books all of a sudden so but that, and
0: I, honestly, I think it's really disappointing the team hasn't been able to use their U22 slots as well. That's such mm-hmm. a useful mechanism in this league. And, you know, if we want to transition quickly to, to Franco Ibarra and his debut with the club, like that's a U22 initiative signing. I yeah. think I think Atlanta paid maybe $3 million, maybe a little bit less for his transfer fee to come over. And they pay him about 600000 in salary. Obviously, his cap hits only two hundred k because he's a U-22 initiative signing. Look at the mm-hmm. quality of player you can get with that investment. It's not it's... that significant, and Rankin bar is a baller. So the fact that TSC, I mean, they're using one of their U-22 initiative slots on Iowa Canola, who obviously has fallen incredibly short of expectations but if they were able to surround the Insignies the bernadeskies the Crescidos when he was here with mm-hmm. you know three quality u22 signings and you add in the sean johnson the Matthead, like you're talking about a, a, a squad which again you look at the way tfc built their squad i think that part is just incredibly disappointing that they didn't maximize all of the resources that were available Preach. to them and part of that part of that reasoning, of course, is is also the funds that were available to them from the board. So just a combination of everything, just no foresight really in terms of how they should have built out this roster. I, I yeah, just, just disappointing.
1: Yeah. And yeah. I, I think this goes to what a lot of people have been saying for the last couple of weeks, like this idea that, you know, the the way of thinking at Toronto FC in terms of how to build a team has been more around sort of marketing than actual football um not Mm -hmm. to say again that the players are not good football it's just it's just uh, it it doesn't keep in line with sort of how mls is trending and how to build a winner in this league or build a contender in this league you said Um, it mike and and look in, in, in tfc the reason TFC won MLS cup in the first place was because they bucked the trend, right? They had bucked the trend mm-hmm. of going for South American players instead went European and went bigger named and went veteran, uh, in, in 2016, 2017, uh, to win MLS cup, but then you just can't do that anymore. Um, in, in that way. Um, and, and, you know, uh, I think TFC are, are maybe slowly starting to realize that we'll see obviously as the window, continues to develop and as, as sort of next year comes into focus, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll see how this rumor, uh, transpires. Um, but I mean, look from everything I'm sort of reading again, there's more to, to read and to learn about Cassius Malula, but it sounds like he's kind of the, the profile of player that you might be looking for under those kind of initiative, uh, signings. Um, really quickly, mm-hmm. obviously want to, uh, touch on the Mark Anthony K trade, uh, trading him out to new England for Latif blessing. I mean, wanted to get your, both your reactions to that. Um, I got thoughts on sort of the, the year of Mark Anthony K, but, um, wonderful. Mm-hmm. Just first of all, get both your reactions to the trade and, and sort of what happened here.
2: I think I'm in trouble if I speak, so I'll just, uh, I'll see this one. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough.
0: Yeah. I I wasn't really surprised. Um, TFC needed a shakeup and the one player really that, you know, was expendable and could actually get you something in return is, you know, we used to be talked about it. It's Mark Anthony K, right? Mm -hmm. Um, They needed to with, especially with Franco Barra coming in, they had an opportunity just to get a different look out of their midfield. And, Obviously, shipping him out for Latif Blessing was, again, just a different type of player. Um, I don't think this necessarily has as much to do with Marc Anthony Kay's work ethic, his professionalism, his character, any of those things. I think it more so, this is a, a football trade, which also frees up a tiny bit of salary for TSC. They're not as tied in long-term to um, Latif Blessing's contract. Uh, I believe Lutif Blessing is a little bit younger as well. Yep. Like I mm-hmm. said, different profile, a lot more mobile, a lot smaller. Um, just give TSC something different. So for me, this was more of a shakeup kind of move and uh, one that they had the ability to make, so they made it.
2: Yeah. Hey, Matt? Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Did Mac request a trade or was this a surprise to him?
0: Yeah, no, I don't think he
1: requested a trade.
2: No. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And look, I, I,
1: it's a shame it didn't work. It's a shame that, you know, he came back and so much expectation was put on him. John Molinaro wrote about this in, in TFC Republic, but really, really well. Yeah. That, 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 there was so much expectation brought on with him being a national team player, being a local guy, you know, being in the Academy before we let him go and he went off and became a professional and really sort of found his footing at LAFC um, and then really couldn't find that form again. Um, we obviously didn't stop in Colorado and then, you know, coming to, to Toronto FC via that trade. So like, it, it's a little disappointing that it just hasn't quite worked out and, and look, a lot of people took a lot of shots at him, you know, and, and look, we did too, right? Like in terms of his performance, right? It wasn't at times In terms of enough. his
2: performance.
1: Yes. Yes. In terms of his performance um uh, and, and sometimes it wasn't good enough um you know obviously the other counterpoint to that is that from a tackles perspective he leads the league still uh so and you could you can you could take that stat however you like Rather join me in the it, dark side my friend i've well I've look, eaten it's, such, it's, it's one such, way or the other you such
2: you know, as for that stat like i know have no i know idea, right like yeah, and, and yeah. i get it some people mm-hmm.
1: rate it some people don't care about it at all mm-hmm. um I, I do think that I do think from a human perspective that has been lost sometimes a little bit, especially with him. Um, and, and, you know, this is essentially the second time he will have been rejected as kind of a harsh word, but the, by his hometown club, uh, it, it, and that's it's not, not a harsh word. Bad. He's not playing here anymore. And he's been, and he's been and moving he... around a lot, right? Like he's been moving mm-hmm. around a lot in the last couple of years. Um, and I, and mm-hmm. I think that, we as fans sometimes have to look, we can criticize performances. I'm not saying we can't do that. Or you as a fan listening or watching cannot criticize a performance. I do think of sometimes, especially with Mark Anthony K, it did cross a line at times. Um, we should be ashamed of ourselves
2: as a fan base.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I you should be ashamed of ourselves. Sure. I, I mean, like I, I think it did cross a line and I'm not even talking about the incident that that's not even what I'm talking about. I'm actually talking mm-hmm. about other things as well, but, um, mm-hmm. I think that uh, we just have to remember that sometimes uh, that, the, 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 that these guys are humans and they yeah. and they feel the emotion and and I and look, Mark Anthony DeCay didn't come to Toronto to underperform and lose games and and not live make up out to with Bob Bradley. Yeah, right. Like, he, yeah. obviously, he came in with the hope that he could you know, rebuild TFC to what it was and win a
2: championship. in oh this hometown. And, you know, and things you like that. You don't have to watch Nick developers limited. You really don't have to watch if you don't like
1: it <laughs> yeah. that much. Um, but go ahead, Mike. Sorry. Yeah. You were, you are about to jump in.
0: Yeah, no, I was just going to say like, it's, it, I think everyone who has grown up here in Toronto playing in Toronto, I think everyone was rooting for Mark Anthony K as, as a local guy, um, kind of trying to come through the squad. So, you know when when it doesn't work out, I, I I was surprised that it took kind of the turn that it did. Um, when he I'll use the whipping boy here. Let's face yeah. it. That being said, yeah he he didn't live up to it on on the playing side either. I think there was massive expectations that were set on his shoulders, fairly or unfairly, probably a bit unfairly because of you know the success that he had playing in LaFC. You also have to remember that LAFC system probably fit him a lot better, and that team probably fit him a lot better than this team did. He was brought in and expected to be an eight that can, you know, pick up a couple gold contributions that can play track back that can fill yeah mm-hmm. fill the gaps. Yes, yeah, press exactly do some really good pressing work, and there was a lot that was like I said just put on his shoulders. The one thing I think that was particularly disappointing he wasn't as as steady in the midfield as he needed on the ball true and i think there were some really glaring mistakes that quite frankly anybody watching soccer can you know you see and you acknowledge and you you realize that you know that those kind of plays like stand out like a sore thumb so i think that's kind of what his kryptonite was whereas he missed some of the other parts of his game that were really good like as you guys point mm-hmm. out the tackles and the gritty work and the defensive work that, that he did. So, you know, this guy, the one thing I will say about Mark Anthony, yeah, he was almost always available. He was versatile. He was willing to drop in, play that six role, played the six role well played center back, even at times um, played different midfield positions. He's uh, I, I honestly think he's going to do well in, in new England. I, I really do. I think playing on turf, yeah. playing in like more flats or like, I think that, might benefit him a little bit. And obviously you have Carlos Heel there as well, which, you know, if your job marking that he was actually a pretty good progressive pastor. So if your job is just to find Carlos Hill over and over, I, I think you're going to find some success. So I think he's going to a, a team right now. Joy, that's yeah. second place in the Eastern conference. I, I think he he'll do well. So, you know, happy for him. I personally, for me, jury's out right now on Latif blessing. blessing. Um, yeah. Agree yeah I, I didn't quite love what i saw so far out of him but we'll see exactly how it plays out yeah um
1: yeah. he lost his job in new england he was brought in to be a starter and lost his job there uh so in a lot of ways this was a trade for distressed assets um, yeah you know one thing, like can,
0: yeah. one thing if i can yeah one thing if i add quickly latif blessing was a player that tfc targeted actually in the offseason yeah. So I can confirm that TFC wanted Latif blessing um so maybe it's just them revisiting kind of an asset they they wanted before and obviously a new guy at the helm now, so maybe there's something else Jason Hernandez Hernandez sees in Latif blessing than maybe Bob Bradley did or he sees the same thing,
1: but this is a player the clubs had interest in, in the past, yeah, absolutely and obviously he had ties to Bob Bradley at laFC as well um funny mm-hmm. enough they play if we could only can only have them
2: together yeah <laughs> well okay and lussie played
1: together in l.a. Yeah. Uh, so yeah and it was their best their best
2: year. their best time in 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 mls yeah yeah, yeah and absolutely. their careers is playing
1: together um absolutely. all right let's uh let's uh quickly close out the michael singh uh notebook any other potential things you're hearing out there mike um obviously you talked a little bit about other u22s but i guess we'll let that
2: cook for a bit before um, um the one thing manager,
0: i'll say people are asking I think, like crazy Oh, well, I think people keep asking about also Richie Larea. um mm. I get the sense that, that ship has sailed yeah. in terms of Richie Larea. um I do not believe he's actually with Nottingham Forest in preseason as well. So I think for Richie Lorea, he's trying to now facilitate a move elsewhere. I talked about it extensively on this podcast two episodes ago. In terms mm-hmm. of laying out exactly what the situation exactly what the situation was with rich richie larea so i won't get into you know too much further detail but anybody who's listened to it um, kind of understands the situation toronto fc were in you know they had interest in richie but from a price mm-hmm. tag standpoint i don't think it made sense for them to actually go out and pursue it so unless something changes maybe richie doesn't get what he's looking for elsewhere uh, maybe there's a reunion there, but my understanding is the ship is sailed for
1: now. Yeah. 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 I think, I think a lot of people now understand that. Um, long story short, if he was coming back, he'd have to be a DP and you just don't have any DP spots for him. Mm-hmm. End of the day. Um, all right. Quickly, uh, into this weekend's game, I have to talk about it. Hold on, manager.
2: Out. I, there's oh, the streaming in the chat. Do we know anything about the gaffer search? Um,
1: um,
0: what I can share is I know there were some local candidates that were also interviewed. Um, I guess let's call them local candidates that were interviewed for the position. Um, again, as I talked about last week, I think TFC aren't going to go big on their next manager. So, you know, Bob Bradley said Terry Dunfield has these four games or sorry, Bill Manning said Terry Dunfield has these four games. Um, And he said if they find the right manager after that, including could potentially have been Terry Dunfield, then they'll make their appointment before the League's Cup. That is an if, right? It wasn't a hard timeline saying this is what we're going to do. Um, So we'll see exactly how these next couple of days plays out. Uh,
1: But I'll save the rest for the burning question. Yeah,
2: because oh, yeah, we are going to press it in the burning sweet.
1: question. But, um Speaking of Terry Dunfield and performances in four games, uh, they lose again on the weekend to Chicago 1-0, another 90th minute collapse. Um, but let's be real here, they were never in that game. Um, they played well in, stre- in tiny stretches here and there. Um, But I, the, the same, you know, it, we feel like a broken record. Right, it's goals. They just there were just no, there never felt a moment in which TFC were really ever going to threaten Chicago nope. with scoring a goal. Um, and and you could feel that in the stadium, you could feel that from the away supporters, you can actually feel that from Chicago F, you know, Chicago Fire fans. You know, they just were just okay, we're just waiting until you collapse to give us a, a goal, right? And 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 that's that was really the vibe of the game. Like, I like just being in the stands. Mm-hmm you know, obviously the way from a way support perspective, the idea is to go and support your team as loudly loud as you can. And, you know, the smaller group of us were very loud, but at the same time, you just, again, that sort of inevitable feeling of this is not going to happen creeps in, right? Um, As you watch this team. And as you said, Michael, Jonathan Osorio getting the ball in pockets of space and having no one to pass to, or no one forward, uh, above him to pass to um a borrow like you said looked really good. I thought Jaquiel was also relatively solid. Um but in the end of the day, you know, IO hits a shot that almost goes out for a throw in. Um <laughs> you know, it 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 just it never looked like anybody was really ever going to step up step up and take a chance and that's just that's just where we're at right now as a yeah. club. Mm-hmm. I guess let me, let
0: me illustrate it for you, right? So TFC got better when in the second half when they switched to the 4-2-3-1. Yeah. right. they played Jonathan Osorio as that number 10. A lot of times, even the commentator said Jonathan Osorio is like the quarterback of this team because the TFC were playing through Jonathan Osorio because he was in that prominent spot where you can kind of create from there. But Jonathan Osorio picks up the ball in the middle of the park, right? Edge of the box, attacking third. To his left, you have J.K.L. Marshall Ruddy. Which, as you as mentioned, Mike, I thought Jaquil actually had a pretty decent game. But Jaquil, he's not at the point of his career where he's beating guys 1v1. So he is literally standing, like, almost at the touchline waiting for the ball. Okay, there are times where, yeah, he has some decent movement. But a lot of his movement was actually the same as, you know, Iowa Canola's that was right in front of him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's still, never any really threatening movement. Beside Jaquil, there's Iowa Canola, who tended to drop deeper and show for the ball and try and link up. Let's call a spade a spade. Iowa Canola at this point right now, nowhere close to good enough to be able to drop deep and link up with his teammates. He's not at a point where he can combine well. And then beside him you have CJ Sapong. Quite frankly, I don't really know what CJ Sapong was
1: in, doing out there in the final third um well he would do a lot of the same things that i would do that's the problem right like a lot of the same similar of his player
0: yeah but yeah but also i don't know i just felt like he was caught in no man's land a lot of times and Mm -hmm. wasn't really making a huge difference um i thought TFC were actually their best off the counter and and the rush i thought that's when they were the most dangerous but still don't have that final threat so then to the right of them you have latif blessing who it's, you know i'm not a tall person so i can say like he's really short and you're trying to spray long balls to latif blessing yeah um, yeah and that's getting picked off easily or is forcing him to a corner is forcing him to kind of just reset so like you're looking at that as jonathan Ozorio and being like okay if you're wondering why ozo's moving the ball so slowly at times it's because what's his option? Like where what's the best way to kind of move forward and and make a play off that attacking third. You I I spoke about this already. TFC need way more movement. They need so much better movement when it comes to people who are hungry to get into the box, when it comes to people who are hungry to get in behind, people Mm -hmm. that are willing to make the diagonal runs more often. They they don't have enough enough of those types of players. Um and I think that's something, like I said, the team's
1: gonna try and address. Yeah, and I think that was juxt- just opposed to sort of Chicago, right, who had players that were willing to run in behind that had players that would, that would do something dynamic to be able to break through lines. Um, there were times where Jordan and Shaqiri, you know, received the ball at the top of the 18 and was unmarked. And that's Jordan Shakiri. Like I, I, you know, like at the end of the day, I get it. Maybe he's not at the top form in MLS, but like those are dangerous positions and he would be able to get in behind, um, at times. And that was, you know, you're looking at a team and Chicago who in many ways were at the beginning of the season in in a similar predicament as Toronto FC and have found a way to slowly get better. Um, you know, not leaps and bounds yet, but, I think they're now. I think they've won five out of their last six, um, and, and are, are playing quite well. And look the, at the end of the game, that sort of the the dagger goal really just comes from, like you said, a, a transition opportunity mm-hmm. um, where TFC actually ha- probably probably the, the one real good opportunity in the game um, come off that counter, and um, it's just simply no one marks Casper uh, Shabilko in the box, as a simple header. Um, yeah he made
0: a good run he He made he made a really good run he 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 kind of
1: faked matt hedges there where he looked like he was
0: going to drive near post and then just pulled up and he got a half yard and credit to him the ball was right accurate and he made him made him pay yeah so i yeah i wouldn't really fault the defending too much but it it was
1: preventable for sure
0: yeah
1: i I would i would lean more on the side of preventable um Mm. that said you know i it just does again, like I said, it does speak to the fact that there is just a lack of dynam dynamism um in the Toronto FC lineup right now. Um and, and this is something we've talked about on this podcast numerous times, right? The the ability of when they do have possession, how slow the ball moves, how predictable it is, where they're gonna pass the ball, and how easy it is for defenses to essentially set up and dare them to break them down, which they just simply cannot at this time.
0: Mm-hmm. At this time. Brandon Servania right back, too.
1: Yeah. That was interesting. That was interesting. That, that was Because he had GKL
0: Marsh already on the pitch, too. And he still elected to go Brandon Surveying right back. I thought he was okay, too. The goal did come down that side. Yeah. But I thought uh, he made some solid plays. He had a good tackle up the line. Smart on the ball, obviously, as a central midfielder. Um, it was interesting. Like, something completely different we haven't really seen yet out of Terry Dunfield. Just something kind of out of the blue.
1: So let me ask the question here now. This mm. is, like, three, four games now with Terry um as the interim. Uh, all losses, and no goals. No goals. Um, yeah. Obviously, there's probably a very easy answer to to this, and maybe it is the very easy answer, but how would you sort of rate... I know we asked this in the the burning question last week, I believe, um, or the week before, but how, how would you rate Terry's job right now? In terms of maybe just the results, because obviously the results are what they are, and I don't think... I, I think those were kind of predictable, but... Mm-hmm. Just in terms of how he's setting up the team, the the selections that he's making, some of the choices he's making in substitutions, you know, how would you sort of rate Terry at this point? Because of, you know, that point where the judgment will be made whether or not he is going to continue to be the interim through the rest of the season, or they will go out and pull the trigger on a manager is coming up fairly soon. Um, so how? Why don't would we do?
0: Later? Why don't we do our burning question for that? Sure, and then we can get into that.
1: Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. So you know let's what, go. we'll go into the burn. we did we do have um we do have the two burning questions this week, um so we will go into that and then we'll sort of address Terry. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. All let's right. Let's it. do it. The Burning Question presented by Nextdoor. Nextdoor is the official community app of Toronto FC. It is also where you can connect with the people and local businesses in your neighborhood. We'll be posting the Burning Question each week, the day before, um, in the the Toronto FC fan group. So uh, join by either downloading the app or going to nextdoor.ca. So double uh, Burning Question this week we asked two questions so one will tfc win another game and that was a little facetious but um fair enough and then the second poll too yeah <laughs> and second uh do you do you think who do you think uh will become toronto fc's new manager so i'll read out a few answers here and obviously let's get into it jen so uh george on the uh, toronto fc fan group on next door says yes in terms of another win, fresh blood, like a bar and had a positive impact. And look, he did play really well, right? Like let's, you know, we kind of slammed him for his uh, initial comments. Um, but look, he did come out uh, during the week and explain sort of why he was feeling the way he felt. And I think that's a reasonable, uh, response. And then I think he also responded in terms of his play. Right. And Mike, you sort yep. of touched on that as well. And then he actually thinks Terry Dunfield will be uh, the new manager, at least for the rest of the season uh, and Vibhas um, also on the Toronto FC fan group uh, just says this will probably go down as one of our worst seasons ever, but absolutely. I think we we can win another three or four games. We are playing a little bit better and our confidence is improving as well. I may not agree with him on necessarily that we're playing better, but fair enough. Um, from Twitter, uh, we have Lee coming in saying, honestly, I don't see it happening in terms of another win. There's just no danger in this team right now. Uh, the DPs have gone mentally. Uh, that's puts them. It puts the team. Uh, well, he says them, but the team uh, behind every other MLS uh, squad, uh, a mega, a mega outlier uh, of a coin flip for a Toronto FC to outscore an MLS appoint, opponent. And then no idea Obviously, he's hoping for a new president first before um, you select a new manager. And actually, that does I do have a point around that. Um, and then lastly, mm. uh, Kimbo Rice. I just picked this up because that's a great name. Um, uh, <laughs> yes, players will come back uh, from injury, and they'll figure it out to win three or four games. People really think there's three or four more wins in this team. I'm not really sure about that. Um, and then... Uh, Yes, uh, in terms of the new manager, hopefully um, MLC will understand um, that it's evolving and they need a tactician at the helm. Uh, the Christmas wish would be a Thomas Tuchel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in reality, it'll probably end up being Caleb Porter. Uh, so... <laughs> Which is possible. <laughs> Which is possible. Um, mm-hmm. But, gents, uh, let's, let's talk about the, the manager position here for a second.
2: Because. Well, first, can I do my poll results? Because yeah, I, yeah, uh, go ahead. Yeah, I yeah. put up a poll and it was Does TFC win another game this season? Yes, no, and no, but with free hot dogs. And uh, yes, one. But if you add the no's together, gents, no's one. 59. Well, if you put free hot dogs the no. people are going to pick free hot dogs. Do not question my methods. I got (laughs) the answer that I wanted. Yeah. So, yes, uh, no, no more wins. Yeah, fair enough. But, manager, Terry's been
1: in now. Um, no goals, like we said, no wins. Just your thoughts again on sort of that tactical acumen, like in terms of what he's been doing in terms of the lineups and in substitution and player selections for games. Um, how are you feeling about that so far?
0: I, I like the flexibility that he's shown. Um, we've seen a lot of different formations out of tfc like i mentioned you know they started in a, a bit of a flat 442 um the first half of the game which is something we quite didn't really see under bob bradley really at all and then you know i think he realized that they need an extra body in the midfield and that's when you bring in i believe it was alonzo coelho who came in yeah. and that's when they shifted to more of the 4231 um And, you know, TFC improved from that point on. So that's just one small example in terms of, you know, some of the positives that he's instilled on this team. I think he's running into a lot of the same issues that Bob Bradley ran into. This is just the fact that this team can't score goals. And then I don't think they have players on this roster right now, especially, and it has to be said and it has to be emphasized, especially when you don't have your DPs. Those are the guys that TFC leaned on when they built this roster to be like, if they're not difference makers for this team, this team is not going to be good. It's not going to Mm -hmm. succeed. So when you strip those guys away from the roster, Terry's job becomes that much harder in terms of creating in the final third and, and making a difference there in that sense. So the fact that TFC haven't scored any goals throughout his, uh, his tenure, um, yeah, it's obviously a really disappointing stat, but at the same time, when you you dig deeper, it's not that surprising. Um, it's team's it just not dangerous at all in the final third without its DPs. So I can't really you know, it's tough to give him a fair grade for all of this because the I mean, the amount of players that he's had available to him, right? He's missed a lot of guys to the gold cup. And then when they do come back, his DPs are gone. Mm-hmm it's it's really tough to give him a, a fair grade throughout the pro- this whole process. We can only go based off, you know, what we see in games, but I do hear a lot of, of positives about the way that he's been approaching training, a way that he is, obviously, as a person, we talked about Terry Dunfield at length, about how great of a motivator and how great of a person that he is, and he's a guy that you're, you know, as a player, you probably want to pay for. Um, mm. You know, I've, I've heard some unique... Um, training methods out of him, let's call it, or maybe his training methods are obviously going to be completely different to Bob Bradley's, for example, or maybe even some other coaches in general, but he approaches that completely differently. Um, Again, like I said, I think this is too small of a sample size for us to actually fairly Give him a pass or a fail, um, but if you're going just based off results, obviously it's a fail, right? It's yeah. Winless, I don't think I'm zero. asking for
1: a grade here. I just want to get to general
2: mm-hmm. vibe because, like you said, yeah, four games mm-hmm. is just not enough.
0: Yeah. So I mean, that,
2: that's what I'll say. His his sartorial game is amazing. I mean the 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 cardigan's fantastic. So you gotta you gotta counter got that. You got how much was that? Yeah, 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 yeah. We <laughs> all need we all need Uh Pinball bringing pinball Clemens in inspired. And I'll tell you the other thing that I like, Um, you know, he coached some of these kids that we're getting to see that he's giving minutes to. And at the very least, I appreciate that he's doing that, you know, because he doesn't have a full deck to play with. He's got, you know, there's, there's problems everywhere. At the very least, he's giving these kids that he's developed a personal relationship through the Academy, some first minutes.
0: Including in mm-hmm. training too. I'll say that there's yeah, exactly. been a lot more academy kids that have been integrated to the first team during training
2: as well. That's got to be a success, guys. You know that how ha- you, you have to look at that as some some measure of a. Success, it's a positive, though. sure. It's a positive, yeah, yeah. Maybe success is too strong <laughs> Yeah,
1: I, 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 yeah. <laughs> 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 I, I wouldn't necessarily success. Yeah, positive, sure. Um, yeah, I'll, positive. I'll take that. Yeah. Look, I to me, it's it. You know, uh, Terry was in a no. Win. We talked about it. Yeah. Hey. He's in an no yeah. win situation here, right? Um, I, I, to me, it doesn't make sense to bring another manager in now. Like, I, I just don't see the logic. And I mean, other than, okay, maybe he gets a little bit, he or she could, yeah, but mm-hmm. could be a, a long, longer runway into. It's just getting to know the club, the, the the players that he might that they might be working with next season, things like that. Like I'm not I'm not thinking playoffs. I'm not thinking somebody coming in and making a run for the playoff. I just I just I don't see it happening. So the question just becomes: Do you wait to find the right person, or do you just hire somebody for the sake of hiring somebody? And I think you know, uh, as somebody who's been around this club a long time, doing that has never. It's boded gonna do well that. for TFC. It has <laughs> never boded well to just go hire somebody in the middle. Of it. it just doesn't. It it never works out well. Um, the one time it did, of course, it was Greg Vanney, but that person was already in your system, right, um, at the time. So what with Dunny then, yeah. Look, I'm not saying Dunny's going to be the long term answer. Right? I i almost be certain that he won't be the long term answer. But it, it, I don't really see where you I, personally i just don't see where you benefit in bringing in a manager now for these final what 11 games but I, I think I'm if not... only the
0: right the right manager is available then well, okay you, you go out and yeah get him now right because okay. you don't want to risk you don't want to risk maybe if you think you have the person here who at this point of time is available you might not want to risk
1: waiting until the end of the season in order to bring them in. Sure. Here's a question. Way. What is, what is the, who is like, what profile is the right manager at this point? Cause I, like I honestly, I don't know because you know, is, is it somebody who is a stronger at player development? Is, are you looking for somebody that is going to take on a younger core of players and try to develop them? You know, are you looking for, a, you mentioned Mike, that they're probably not going for a bigger manager, but maybe should they be looking for a bigger manager? Like it. Cause the way you're talking, Caleb Porter is out of the question. Like he would not be that guy, so you know what? What is the profile of a manager that Toronto FC should be looking for, right? And again, this goes back, and I'm being a it's a answer, but it is a little you know rhetorical, just simply because we just don't know what this team, we don't know what this club wants to be right now. So yeah, how, how think, if you don't even know what you want to be from a upper management level, or at least that hasn't been communicated to supporters. How the hell are you going to know what your
2: manager is or what type of profile should your manager should be? 100%. 100%. You don't even know who's going to be on your team. I mean, let's, let's be honest here, right? Like at the end of this transfer window, we could be down to one DP and it's not, and it's Jonathan Osorio, you know, uh, it makes no sense. Like it, you know, if you're looking for a manager, that's going to be the DP whisperer, um, and you may not have your DPs, that's, that's pretty foolish um i I just i I don't see any impetus to to go mental looking for a manager right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't really have, have much to add on on that front. I think it's quite clear that the club has lost its identity in in so many different ways down to the fact that we don't really know what type of football
1: they want their team to to be playing and but apparently that doesn't matter. they only care about winning. that's maybe the point right so um yeah i don't really have much to add on that point yeah and i get it because it it just until uh, to me until you figure that out really figure that out i i I just don't see how you go and get a manager right now like a full-time manager because all you're doing is setting up that manager to fail Yep. again right like it, it does you don't and who knows again where does bill manning or go from here you know should he be the person even making this selection you know there's a lot of there's a lot of capital lost in the fan base in terms of should he be the person making this choice yep. right yeah. it, it, I, you know I, I don't know well i well personally me should, no he shouldn't be but you know, in the end of the day, that may be moot and the board may just be keeping him and he has to make another decision. Uh um, the Argos are for or no. So he can be <laughs> the president of the Argos, but no wrong with that. You can just you can you could you can split the roles. He did doesn't uh-huh. have to do both. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think but, he wanted to do both to begin with. No, I don't I don't, I know he didn't want to do both of being a, anyway. Um <laughs> uh we'll leave it at that uh for this week's show thank you for listening to another episode of Toronto till I die we'll Thanks, be Jax. back next week uh setting up t- Tfc's group stage uh, games in a league's Cup against nycFC and Atlas um at home on the 30th. Uh, new ask for the viewers and listeners out there. We're trying to grow the membership with and conversations within the Toronto FC fan group on Nextdoor. So if you already have the app, search Toronto FC fan group uh, and join. We're posting obviously the burning question there, but we'll also be posting more content clips from the show there as well. Um, and of course, our contests uh, as well. And those who haven't, go ahead, download the app um, on Google Play or go to nextdoor.ca, download and join the group. Uh, For Michael Singh and for Jeffrey P. Nesker, I'm Mike Newell. See you all next week. Cheers, everybody.
2: And see.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And wait, and wait. And baby, I'm TFC till I die.